Welcome into this week's Irish NFL show. Uh, you can see here we're at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, ahead of two games in October. The Jaguars, the Falcons, the Jets and the Dolphins all coming to London. First time here, look at the stadium. It's class. It's a bit better than I actually expected. You can see, you can see the field as well is on at the minute and we're, uh, we're really excited to do it. But I guess that's it for now. We have Alex Singleton on the show today and here he is. Hi everybody, welcome into the Irish NFL Show in partnership with Trust, who provide all our equipment for each show. Hope you're having a great evening wherever you are. Great to have a, a linebacker from the Eagles, Alex Singleton, join us as our first guest tonight. Alex, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. From the CFL to the NFL, currently based in LA for the summer as well, I think. Have you any Irish heritage yourself, Alex? You know, I'm... I'm I know, you know, I'm kind of like a European mutt, I believe. So, you know, I do, I got some red in the beard. So, you know, I've, I've got to have it in me. Right. So uh, it's, it's definitely in there somewhere. I think that's, that's enough to claim that you have. And certainly if, uh, if, if you make it over, we'll, we'll find, uh, we'll find some people who, who claim to be your cousins, Alex. But uh, Michael uh, hinted there, you, you had an interesting, I suppose, route to the NFL. The, the initially, obviously, um, your, your time um, with kind of the, with Seattle, New England, the Vikings. But then obviously a year later, you entered the CFL draft. You go in the first round and you end up having three incredibly successful years in Canada, both on a personal level and obviously with the, with the team winning the Grey Cup. Can you talk to us a little bit about your time in the CFL? Yeah, uh, for, I mean, I loved playing in the CFL. I think, you know, the league, the league, especially, you know, you know pre-COVID, I think, you know, it was it's a league that, you know, it's kind of a small knit kind of community, I would say, more or less. You know, there's only nine teams. So, you know, you played everybody two or three times. So you really got to know everybody. And it was a it was a fun league, a league I really enjoyed, a league that I, you know, learned to become a pro in. So, you know, I give everything, you know, kind of, you know, what's going on in my career now, uh, you know, started in the CFL and just kind of being able to carry it over. So, yeah, I, I loved my time in the CFL. Uh, I give back as much as I can to Canada as a whole because of it. So, you know, just any chance I get to, you know, give back to not just the CFL community, but Canada in general for the love and support they've always given me, you know, so I, I definitely have a have a soft spot for the CFL. Alex, now establishing yourself with the Eagles, can you just, uh, I suppose, explain to us how you, how you made the transition from the CFL into the NFL? Yeah, you know, I, I would say, you know, the biggest thing I did when I went to the CFL was I kind of kept the same, tried to keep the same hours, you know, in the CFL, it's considered a part-time job because the American players they bring over and because of the visas and how, you know, everything works. So you're only allowed to be at the building for, you know, four or five hours a day. So, you know, if you wanted to, you could, you know, show up at 8:45 in the morning and you're out of, out of there by one o'clock. So if you, if you really wanted to take it as a part-time job and, you know, kind of just really enjoy playing football and, you know, do, you know, do the extracurriculars outside all the time, you could do that. But, you know, I try to keep that same, you know, nine to five kind of aspect of it of, you know, it's, you know, a full profession. And so, you know, to be in there and, you know, that made the transition, I guess, easier. But, you know, the game, it's a little different. You know, the CFL is, a, is an outside game. The, CF, uh, the NFL is obviously, you know, still a downhill, you know, you know, especially the run game is downhill. And so is, so is the passing game. It's really downhill instead of spread kind of like the CFL is. And I think the NFL is kind of going that way a little bit. But so I think, you know, just, you know, maturing in the CFL made the transition a lot easier for me. 
Um, yeah, Alex, lots of other differences as well. Three downs instead of four, you know, so different for Tom Brady. If he wants to remember how many downs there are, it's more difficult for him in the CFL. Um, and obviously, Calgary's a bit more laid back, I imagine, than Philly. So lots of things to adapt to, I'm sure. Um, but like we sometimes ask guests on their own, like what was their welcome to the NFL moment? What time moment did you really feel, feel you made it? But I kind of feel we kind of maybe know your moment a little bit because last season... You weren't a starter, and it's a big game. Week four, Sunday night football against the 49ers, and you got not only your first interception coming in for a feminine injury, obviously, that you you know then established as a starter in week six, but it wasn't just an inception. It was a pick six, which basically sealed the game against the 49ers. Can you take us through that moment and how you felt like, all through that season, really? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy. You know, you know, someone, you know, got banged up in the, you know, the first half and you know, I got an opportunity to kind of play. And yeah, you know, I think I took, you know, advantage of the opportunity I got, you know, I got to go in and just kind of show that I could not just do it, you know, in practice or, you know, and show what I knew, you know, that I was preparing like a starter, like everybody says every week, you know, so yeah, uh, yeah, that that play in particular was pretty crazy. Uh, you know, I thought I was like running in quicksand and stuff, but and it was a lot of fun. I hadn't scored a touchdown as a pro yet, even in Calgary, you know, kind of doing, you know, what I was doing. It was the one thing, you know, I had one time I scored and there was a penalty. So, you know, it didn't count. So it was really cool to kind of have that happen. And I think, you know, going back and watching that game, just kind of that wasn't even my best play, you know, in my opinion, the guy kind of just threw me the ball and I ran. So it wasn't like, you know, some, you know, spectacular play that I made, you know, I think I had a lot of good, you know, run fits in that game. That kind of is why I got to continue to, you know, earn more, you know, playing time, you know, as the season went on until like you said, week six, when I became the full-time starter and yeah, you know, I think that's just kind of, you know, how the season went, you know, I'll, you know, you know, carry that chip, you know, I know, you know, where I've been, you know, where I've come from, you know, my journey. So to be able to get the opportunity to go out there and, you know, show everybody every week, you know, that it's not a fluke, you know, to play the way I do and just kind of continue to do it week in and week out. It was something, you know, really fun and really special and, you know, excited to continue to do in my career. And you also sort of made your appearance on, I guess, international television or media here on Jeff Reinbold's Coffee with Coach for the first time in the offseason. It wasn't just you, it was your sister, Ashley, as well. Could you maybe talk to us about your relationship with, you know, with your sister and what you've done during COVID as well with the these weekly workouts as well? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, my sister and I, you know, my older sister, Ashley, uh, has Down syndrome. And so, you know, last year when, uh, you know, COVID hit, and even before COVID, you know, she's always participated in Special Olympics. So, you know, that's something that's obviously, you know, really close to, us and our family. And so when COVID hit, you know, everything shut down. And so that was a community that, you know, in my opinion was hit pretty hard because a lot of the participants, uh, you know, didn't even know why they weren't allowed to go, you know, to school, you know, they, you know, I think, you know, as much as, you know, you and I, you know, we, we kind of understand what viruses is, but not really, you know, so, you know, a community that doesn't, you know, even know it to that level, you know, they're just all of a sudden told that you can't, you can't go to your programs. You can't, you know, go to swim class. You can't go to gymnastics. You can't go to bowling. Bowling alleys are closed. You know, I think it was, it was really tough. And so, you know, you know, Special Olympics Calgary was the first ones to kind of reach out and asked if we would, you know, host a 30 minute workout. And so, you know, we did that last summer a couple of times for them and we really, really enjoyed it. So we decided to kind of put our own spin on it and start doing it twice a week. And, you know, we started a YouTube channel just to kind of lead, you know, people with all, you know, abilities to be able to, you know, do workouts, you know, whether it was, you know, arms only on jumping jacks, full jumping jacks, stepping them out, just things that, 
you know, we believe that everybody could do. And, you know, I think it, you know, it grew our relationship. You know, my sister, I think when we started, I think she lost 30 pounds in the first, you know, two, three months, just kind of doing it twice a week. So it was huge and huge for us. And obviously, you know, huge for her as well. Yeah, I know the, 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 I've seen you talk about it, obviously on Jeff's show, but on other interviews and seen the, the videos that you, you do and they've come out every week. And I know that she takes a, a big part in it as well. So it's really great what, what you're doing. Now you've had, you know, quite a few changes this off season. You got a new DC and uh, Jonathan uh, Gannon and heard him talk recently about that, the hits principle. I think it's hustle, intensity, takeaways and smarts. And obviously if you can do those things, you're, you're going to be in the mix to win a lot of football games. Just interested, I suppose, in, in your own take on it. Somebody who plays the linebacker position, position that gets a, a lot talked about a lot, obviously a lot of focus, say on the box, obviously this, uh, you know, uh, winning the Super Bowl. But your thoughts on the, the position and, and the evolution of, of the position and, the, and your approach to, to it when you take to the field? Yeah, I think, you know, Coach Gannon, I think, you know, he has that like new school, you know, young kind of coaching style to what, you know, he brings to the table. And yeah, the hits principle, you know, it's cool that, you know, it's not just, you know, if you don't have to, well, you do have to know the whole playbook, you know, smarts is on there, obviously. And it's, you know, it's one of the four, you know, core things, but you know, if you, if you're not going to, you know, I always think hustle is, you know, and it's not just on the field, every play, you know, it's like what you do off the field, how hard you're working for the season and, you know, how much conditioning you're putting in and, you know, those things and intensity kind of goes with that same thing. And those two are things that I believe you can't just turn on and off for games. And I think that's kind of where his principles come from. It's got to be kind of a way you live to be able to, you know, win in the NFL as a defensive player. And, you know, that's what, you know, I plan on, you know, taking, into this season and being able to use and you know I just I'm excited for you know where this team's going to go with that and you know just the the culture and you know what's going on is really really exciting in Philly. Alex can I just talk about the NFC East a lot of people were down on the division last year but throughout the years it's always been a competitive division you've not had back-to-back winners since 2003 2004 and um, I've read players in the past who've signed for teams and very quickly are surprised by the intensity within the division when they play rivals. How, how have you found that in comparison to playing against a team from the AFC, for example? You know, I will say, you know, it, you know, especially being joining a team that had won a Super Bowl recently, you know, it was kind of my first, you know, in 2019. So, you know, the Eagles kind of had a, you know, bullseye on their back. And so, you know, I think this year is going to be kind of funny because, you know, people are, I think, sleeping on us and the division as well. But as you said, you know, it's it's an intense division, I think, you know, for whatever reason, last year went the way it was, but yeah, I, you know, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun division. I mean, I still remember, you know, people, people in the NFC East hate each other. It's not a, it's not, you know, no one, nobody likes each other. People from, you know, Eagles fans and everybody knows about Philadelphia, you know, they don't care if, if you're from Dallas, they don't like you as a person. It's not, you know, just who you cheer for as a sports team. It's like, as a, you know, as a human being, which, you know, the intensity, it, and I think that's what makes it so much fun is that it's a, it's a, who you are as a person, it, you know, it just so deep in the blood of, you know, those four cities that it, it really, it really means everything in the world. And that's what, and I think we feel it on the field. You feel it, you know, when the stadiums are packed, which, you know, they're going to be this year, which, you know, it, it's exciting. I know we're excited for it. It's, it's the most fun the NFC East, the rivalries, you know, we have, we have all three teams in our, you know, building, you know, and it talks about, you know, the rivalries between the, you know, the, you know, the three teams in our division. It's just cool. The history, just how much, 
how much has gone into those games. They're always usually primetime games. And it's just, you know, it's what everybody pays attention to, you know, in the NFL world. So it's, it's pretty special to be a part of that. Alex, as a, as a Giants fan, I was at uh, Giants Cowboys in MetLife one time. And uh, coming out of stadium, yeah, I, I got it very quickly. Oh, yeah, it, it's quick. And I'm telling you, you wear a, wear a Giants jersey in Philadelphia. Let me know how it goes. <laughs> uh, Alex, just on that, because oh, as Brian mentioned, he is a Giants fan. What he didn't mention is uh, one of your other standout plays, the, the bull rush on Devonta Freeman. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because that was spectacular. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, it's kind of... Just one of those things, you know, we work on, obviously, you know, you, you want to be able to beat a running back and, you know, I, you know, at the end of the day, it was, all I got was a holding call out of it. So, it, uh, it, you know, it helps, but yeah, you know, it's just one of those things. I think that right there, that kind of play just kind of symbolizes how I want to be as a player and kind of like we just talked about, you know, the hustle and intensity, you know, part of the hits principle, I think is kind of what that kind of play just signifies, you know, someone's in your way, what are, what are you willing to do to, you know, get from point A to point B? Yeah, and Alex, it's not like the NFC East gets easy for defenses. I mean, you look at that Cowboys offense with Amari Cooper, C.D. Lang, Michael Gallup, and then, of course, in your realm, obviously, Zeke coming out of the backfield. And, you know, the Giants have some bloke called Barkley who, you know, reasonably okay and, and picked up Kenny Golladay. So you, you're going to be busy next season, to be sure. Um, but I think it's, it's fair to say, look, the Eagles season last year didn't go necessarily the way you would have wanted it to do, the organization would have wanted it to. Um, and you obviously had a lot of difficulties with injuries, but I'm, I'm intrigued on your views. I mean, um, you, you also lost a couple of key players during free agency before last season. And Malcolm Jenkins kind of stands out on the defense there. You know, a real leader from the safety position, obviously going back to the Saints for a second stint there. I mean, just wondering about your thoughts um, from your perspective, like and how you rate him as a player and as a leader there, um, but in your time with him in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, Mal I mean, Malcolm was, you know, he's one of the best to do it. And, you know, on and off the field, you know, as a leader, as a, as a man, just to, you know, teach other guys, you know, how to navigate, you know, the league and just kind of, you know, be a player in the NFL. So, yeah, he was, I mean, a huge loss, you know, for us last year. And I think, you know, just having him around and obviously, you know, you know, by the time you're two or three weeks into camp, you know, it, it's with the team that it is that year. But, yeah, you definitely – you know, I think early on notice, you know, just there, there wasn't Malcolm there and he's a huge presence. I mean, you see it when he's, you know, back in New Orleans now, but yeah, it was awesome to be around him. Awesome to learn from him. I think those are the guys that, you know, make the NFL, you know, really special. Oh, don't worry. It's grand. I'm not going to edit that either because it's good crack. Uh, as we say a good crack over here. It means good fun in Ireland. Oh. <laughs> uh, here, I know it hasn't been like, I mean, I know it's a more, it's more of a common off-season for you now in comparison to last year for COVID-19. But what's it been like uh, at meetings with, with, with your new head coach, Nick Sarami? How have you found that so far? Yeah, you know, our new coaching staff, like I said, you know, about Coach Gannon and, yeah, Coach Sirianni, I, I'm excited. You know, they're, like I said, you know, the young, you know, a lot of energy. Not that, you know, Doug Peterson was old by any means. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just that, you know, that new energy that comes into a building. You know, there's, you know, they obviously, you know, redo all the pictures on the walls and, you know, just the few weeks we got to spend with everybody. And, you know, obviously, like you said, you know, it's kind of back to normal in the building and back to normal as an off season. So it's, I'm excited. I'm excited to get back. You know, I think we start three weeks today or, you know, two weeks, three weeks, whatever, you know, it, it, and I'm excited. I can't wait to be there and just be around the guys again and just see, you know, like I said earlier, you know, I think 
for, you know, for a while, the Eagles played with a bullseye on their back, but now, you know, people are going to be sleeping on us. So it's, it's kind of an exciting new way to, to go about it. Cause this team, you know, like you guys have said, you know, with injuries and everything else that happened last year, you know, we got a lot of guys that are going to be back that are hundred percent healthy, that are scary dudes when they're on the football field. And or, or we're excited to have everybody together and see what we can do. And talking about coaching, uh, you did a, a spot of coaching this offseason, a defensive coordinator for your, your high school. Uh, was that all? Uh, can you talk to us a bit about that? Was that Coach Taylor and, and Friday Night Lights? <laughs> it was. It's it's a lot of fun. You know, I get to and I, I'm still doing it right now when I'm back at home, um, you know, just popping in every once in a while. It, it was a ton of fun to be able to be home. And, you know, the guys, they played in the spring. And, you know, one of my good friends is the head coach of the team. And he kind of he had just gotten the job and he kind of asked me to come out and, you know, do whatever I can. And, you know, by about three or four weeks in, he's like, I mean, since you are pretty much a D coordinator, you're just going to kind of take over the job. And so, you know, it was a lot of fun to just kind of be able to pass the knowledge I have, you know, of the game down to, you know, kids that I know the exact shoes that they've been in and, you know, the experiences that they're going to go through, you know, in a game and kind of, you know, be able to do that. I know it's going to make me a better player because, the amount of frustration I would have when someone made a mistake for, I was like, you know, I called the right call if you make the right play. <laughs> so I'm going to, you know, I've, I've taken my studying and importance of every little detail, a little, a little more this off season than I always have, just because now I know what it feels like to be on the other end of it, you know, <laughs> where, where you have no control of how guys play, but yeah, I definitely know I have a love for coaching and it's just a lot of fun to be able to give back, like I said, to the, you know, the younger guys that are coming up who love the game as well. Alex, a couple of months ago, we were fortunate to interview Effie Abada, who was with the Panthers at the time, and he's now moved on to the Bills. And we asked him which quarterback he, he went up against that he enjoyed playing against and who was his favorite sack. And that was Drew Brees. So from your time with the Eagles, who have you enjoyed going up against? And is there any particular quarterback that you felt you got the better of in that game? Oh, man. Well, I would say, you know, you know, Nick Mullins would obviously have to be the quarterback that I think I, you know, had the the best play on, you know, but he's an Eagle now. So, you know, uh, I would just because, you know, I obviously got the pick off of him. I think it was cool. I think I was, you know, either uh, Al, I, I believe I was Alex Smith's last sack, which I think is also kind of cool, you know, to you know, kind of, be, you know, be able to say, which you know, is, is kind of cool. I might be, there might've been one more at like the end of the game, but yeah, I think I think I was up there, but it was cool. You know, I trained with Aaron Rodgers in the offseason here in California. So it was really cool to kind of, you know, know how good he is and train with him and, you know, hear him talk about football in the offseason. Then to be able to kind of line up against him and, you know, kind of if he makes a check, you know, to be able to kind of check on, our, you know, our end and be the one that gets to make those calls and be like, oh, this is pretty sweet to go up against the guy that, you know, you look up to, but also, you know, train with and has become a friend and, you know, how, how good he is at this game and, you know, how, how much it matters to him and to be able to kind of compete against him. Uh, I think we need to call Nick and warn him that that play might come up a few times during training camp. Just, uh, just, just to, just to say you might mention it once or twice, I'm sure. Um, but, but Alex, you mentioned in um, that week 17 game where you obviously sacked Alex Smith and also had 14 tackles in that particular game. You ended that year, obviously, or last year with, I think, 120 tackles. I think you led the team in overall total tackles between solo and assisted, which, you know, amazing given, as we said, like week six before you were confirmed as the starter type of thing. So a fantastic, strong finish to the season for you. 
but given everything, especially with that that game and obviously some of the consequences and some of the um, analysis that followed, were you really in a position to kind of enjoy or do you enjoy the the kind of the personal delivery and performance that you had in that moment? Or is it kind of swept away by the fact that, you know, the season was over and obviously changes were afoot within the organization? Yeah, I think in a season like that, you know, you have to enjoy, you know, the, your personal victories or, you know, Try to, I think, you know, knowing by that game, you know, we weren't going to the playoffs. It was easier to be able to do that. And you're not really sure what the coaching, you know, changes is going to be. And, and I think at a, a certain time, you know, you, when you know, you're not in the playoffs, you hear all these rumors about coaching and all that stuff. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, you always hear, you know, control what you can control and just kind of, you know, live by that. And so that was kind of how, you know, the last, you know, obviously the last week was, you know, for everybody, just kind of, you know, do the best you can. Obviously, you know, play within the scheme, do the right things. You know, it was Jim Schwartz. He had just gotten – he didn't have COVID, but he had, like, a false positive. So, they wouldn't even let him in the locker room. And, you know, he was – he had told us before that he was going to be leaving no matter what. And so, it was you know, it was a big deal for the defense to be able to go out there and play really well for him. So, I think just kind of a lot of things that were going on at the time, you know, it, it – it felt good, you know, to have the game I had, you know, and I, I've i never worried about the offense because I don't care, you know, if our team's up 50 points or we're down 50 points. I'm a, I want to play the same way, you know, or, in, you know, if it's Wednesday at practice or Sunday during a game. So, you know, I don't always, you know, focus on that. And but, yeah, at the end of the day, I think, you know, obviously when the game's over at first, you know, the team lost, which, you know, you never, you know, losing sucks. So you know, you don't want to do that. You put in a whole week of preparation, you know, whether you have a good game or not, if the team loses it, that, that sucks. It stinks. Cause you know, obviously not everybody's happy, you know, every, everybody's happy after a win, whether or not you played good or bad, it's, it's Monday or Tuesday that you might feel a little crappy, but so it was, it was nice to be able to have that game and now, and build my off season kind of with that to kind of take those thoughts of, okay, this is, all right, that's the last time you're on the field. That's the last film you put out. Now, now you got to do more. You got to be better than that. And so it's kind of nice to have that, that springboard instead of, you know, have had, you know, let's say a bad game and just kind of had to dwell on that now for the past seven months. Finally, Alex, uh, look, a kid from California, Thousands Oaks High School, same colors as the Eagles as well. This has all fallen into place for a little appearance at SoFi Stadium in uh, a little over, I don't know, nine months' time. Who knows what's going to happen? But I mean, first off, you must be, you know, that like, obviously you're, you're going to be motivated for, for any game in any season, but the opportunity to play in your home state must be incredible this year. And who knows what could happen in that division as well. But uh, how, firstly, how are you feeling ahead of that? And secondly, you know, we're all going to LA. So, you know, hopefully we can all uh, maybe crash yours the, the night hey. before the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, regardless if you're playing or not, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah, you know, I, I, you don't think about it too much just because, you know, it's such a, you know, I think this time right now, you know, focus so much on training and just kind of getting your body right for the, I mean, the season's long. And so, yeah, I mean, it's exciting that it's going to be in LA. So, you know, no matter what, I'm going to be here, but hopefully it's working. I hope, you know, <laughs> I hope we're in that game. I mean, it would, it would be special. It'd be really cool. Taxes are more. So, you know, it would be okay if we didn't play in California. <laughs> It'd be cool if they just kept the Super Bowl in Florida every year because, you know, the, the state tax isn't as bad. But, uh, no, I'm excited. You know, you guys are going to love L.A. You know, the house is always open. We're a little further, and with traffic, it's a terrible drive. But, you know, it, it, it's worth it. But, no, it's exciting. I'm excited for, you know, just, you know, having a season with fans again and just kind of being back to, 
the way, especially Philadelphia, you know, it, it would be, you know, the coolest thing to end the season here, but, you know, to be able to, you know, I guess we're not at home till week two, but to, you know, have fans back in Philadelphia is going to be awesome. It's going to be special because they're, they're one of a kind. I, you know, I, I'll be able to say no matter where I play after this, or if I ever do it, there's, there isn't a better fan base than the Philadelphia Eagles. Cause it is through and through with some of those, it is, it's deep and you know, you got to love playing somewhere like that. Alex, uh, I did a Habitat for Humanity project in Philly uh, years ago and, and love my time in the city. So definitely have a soft spot. And uh, I'm led to believe that you're uh, you're quite the, the golfing fan. So uh, you should make it to Ireland at, at some point. We got some uh, incredible courses over here and uh, we definitely would welcome you. And we want to thank you for, for taking the time to, to chat to us. And uh, for anyone out there, uh, you if they want to catch up with your, your weekly videos, what's the best way for them to, to go about doing that? Yes. Um, yes. One, I would love to come to Ireland. I, you know, I've never been anywhere in Europe and that's, I need to, I, I, every off season, I always think about it. And then I end up in Cancun for seven days. So, you know, it ends up going the opposite way, which, you know, in the middle of February, you know, Cancun or cold, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough, uh, you know, it, it's never one yet, but one of these years, but, um, yeah, if you want to follow us on me and my sister on, YouTube, it's Alex and Ashley Singleton, super easy to find. And then Instagram and Twitter, where I post them all the time, I post the workouts, it's just Alex Singleton 49. And those both have the link to the workouts and they're all saved and everything. So even if you, I think there's 22 videos right now. So even if you're joining us and listening to this and we're not just live the next day, we do have a bunch of videos up there. And Ashley is the best entertainer of all time. You can, uh, laugh dance sing it's it's a good time i just work out and it's not very exciting <laughs> alex thanks very much for your time man yes thank you guys a ton of fun